Hello, and welcome to Revolution 22 Podcast. My name is Lindsay Wheeler, the Kids Ministry Director for Rev 22 Kids. Today's message comes from one of our family services. We encourage everyone to bring a blanket to sit on, meet someone new, and attend church as one big family. We pray that this message is a blessing to you. Guys, you guys can stay standing up. You don't have to sit down yet. As you can see, we're missing a bunch of chairs, and this may be a little bit awkward. We do these about three times a year. We call them our family services. It's on purpose. It's not just to frustrate the introverts or to make you very uncomfortable, okay? We will pull more chairs out. If you can't sit on the ground, that's totally fine. We do this for a few reasons. One is we want to show both the parents and the church as a whole that we too often segregate our, t- our learning. We too often spread out and try and do those things, and it's valuable. It's important we will not do away with our kids' services because we love doing that. But we are to, as the church, to partner with you as parents. And so we want to just display a way to look at God's word, show you, teach it, disciple you guys, and say, look, this is how you can teach God's word without it being too difficult, and you can do this with anyone. And then we also want everyone else to rub shoulders with everyone else. Too often to be like, I want people my age or with kids my age or with my no kids, please, or whatever we try to do, and we segregate in that way. And so we want to invite you guys to do something that maybe some of you introverts won't do, and that's totally fine. We want to invite you to meet someone, to hang out with someone. We're not going to ask you to do it right now, but we're going to... In the teaching in just a second, we'll have a chance to break out in, in little groups. I would encourage you to get to know someone. Invite, invite them to lunch with you. Spend some time together. The church is not meant to always be separated, and so that's why we do this. We want you guys to see the value of the kingdom because, let's be honest, if you get annoyed by little ones standing in the room next to you, don't forget in the kingdom of heaven they will be worshiping God next to you. And so we'll be doing this together. And so this is why we do this. We love it. We have fantastic kids' services and every single week age-specific teaching that they send home stuff with you. You got handed a piece of paper. That's a game that you guys can take home, even if, you're not, if you don't have kids, do this with your roommates, your gospel communities as a couple. We're excited about that. If you want to get involved in serving in kids' ministry, we would greatly appreciate it because I don't know if you noticed this, but as a church, we are numerically growing in both little faces and, and old faces. And so we could use some help in the kids' classrooms as well. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get back in and pass it off to you guys. God, thank you for the chance to meet today. Thank you for the chance to be as a family. Um, God, you, uh, you tell us that we are not to uh, be partial to anyone, to show partiality to anyone. And I feel like too often we can show partiality to only our peers. And then anyone that isn't dressed like us, look like us, or has the same life stage as us, we can just see them as less valuable then. And so I pray that today we would be valuable. We would see the value of every individual made in the image of you. We'd see value in the ability to do this together. As kids are wrestling about it, I pray that they would see this, that this would be a lasting effect on their minds, that they would see that the church isn't just gathering in segregated places, but it's an opportunity for them to be poured into by people that aren't just their parents. The kids can see model of following Jesus Christ in teenagers and in, in, in young 20s and young 30s and not just their parents. God, we thank you for this time, and I pray that connections would be made today that last forever. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to family service. I know uh, Brenna talked a little bit about this, but we do this a couple times a year. We got some participation today. Everybody should participate, not just those brave enough to sit in the middle. Even if you're on the sides, please uh, participate, engage. I'm super excited to be here. My name's Cameron. I'm the youth director here. Um, so yeah, let's get going. Uh, so I have a question for everybody in the room. Everybody in the room. What is the most expensive thing that you can think of? <laughs> Gas. 
great example, okay? It's getting more and more expensive. Uh, what else? What do, you, what, what do the kids think? Shout it out. Voltron, Nintendo Switch, what'd you... What was that? Oh, Nissan Envy's, okay. All right. <laughs> Something like that. You guys have a bigger van than that, though, so... Not anymore? Oh. Anything else? Medical bills. Perfect. Houses. For me, soccer cleats are really expensive. Those add up real fast, and they break faster. Food. Taxes, yeah, oh man, taxes. Happy tax day tomorrow. Yeah, there's tons of things that cost a lot of money. I'll tell you what's not super expensive is fruit snacks and cheese sticks. They're great. We got them in the back. Shameless plug, if you guys need a snack, uh, if your kids need a snack, we got snacks in the back for you guys uh, to grab. Uh, if you guys need one, feel free. There's a black table back there. We got those for you. But yeah, things are expensive. And expensive things add up real fast. Especially when you have to buy like a couple expensive things back to back. You're like, oh man. Ugh. So I want you guys throughout, this, throughout today, think about what it was that you thought of when I asked, what is the most expensive thing you can think about? So hold on to that, okay? It's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, woot woot, triumphal entry. Yep, thank you, thank you. Kind of big deal. So Jesus, right, you see Palm Sunday is in all four Gospels. That's how you know it's really important. It's in all four of the Gospels, okay? So Palm Sunday is this story, it's this event of when Jesus is returning to Jerusalem for Passover, okay? So he's strolling on in there, and he is... Uh, he gets to the Mount of Olives, and he decides he's going to hang out for a bit. And then all of a sudden, he makes kind of a pretty crazy prophecy about getting a donkey or colt. He says, he has his disciples, right, his friends, those people that were following him. And he tells them, he's like, hey, go into town and get, you're going to see this donkey, it's tied up. You're going to untie it. You're going to bring it to me. And when the owner of it's like, what are you doing? This is my donkey. You're going to say, this is for the Lord. And he's going to be cool with that. That's weird. And it happened. And every time I read that, I'm like, man, of all the prophecies that are like mind-blowing, that one for some reason, it gets me every time. It's kind of like, so my first car that I drove was a jade green Toyota Yaris. Let me tell you, that thing. It had about 98 horsepower and weighed about 98 pounds. Uh, my dad and I called it the snot bubble because it kind of looked like that when it, was when it was zipping down the street. But it would kind of be like somebody just walking up and being like, you know, like, oh, there are the keys, doors unlocked, going to you know, untie it, put the parking brake down, and drive away. And then I'm gonna, I would be like, why are you taking my car? And he's like, it's for Jesus. And I'd be like, okay, that's that's. That's how I thought of that. I was like, that's weird, right? Because donkeys and cars, they're kind of similar. So anyways, Jesus gets his donkey. He rides into town. As soon as he gets, as soon as he's entering, the disciples and, and it's a great multitude is how it's described in Luke. They start rejoicing 
They start rejoicing and they say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. These are big statements. They also cry, Hosanna. Has, has everybody heard the word Hosanna? Yeah. Hosanna, yeah. Yeah, you know it? Perfect. They cry, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. These are huge statements to be throwing around. This is, you wouldn't say that about just like a normal, normal guy. Like, sorry, Kyle Morgan, if you drove into Boise, I don't think that I would say Hosanna. I think I'd say, hey, Kyle, what's up, you know? So, and they also, they, they took their cloaks off, right? I mean, it's probably like 60 degrees, so they're, you know, still warm. And they put their, their coats on the, on the donkey for Jesus to ride into town with. And they got palm branches that they went out and cut. And they cut these down. And it's, it perplexes me. Because they go and they, they cut these palm branches. And they're like waving them, you know, like, woo, like palm branches, triumphal entry. It's basically the same entry that like a king would get if you returned from a, a battle and he won. That's the entry that Jesus, is, that Jesus gets. But what perplexes me is just a couple days later, where is everyone? Where is these people that are excited and crying Hosanna? But when the people are crying to, to crucify him, where are those people? Where are those people? Anyways, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the cost of being a disciple. But before we get too far into that, I have a challenge for you guys, okay? Here's my challenge. I want you guys to build a lovely palm branch. Palm branch. We have your leaves, okay? And we have your glue. I have some people that are going to pass those out. And this is like, if you're in the seats over there, just hop in, make a little circle. But here's the thing. We did not give you guys the stem. But I want you guys to make it look just like this, okay? Ready? Go. Here we go. We're passing thing, things out right now. I have a team of people passing things out right now. I have a pe team of people trying to get to the table to pass things out right now. <laughs> Take a palm branch without a stem that is not, it's supposed to be brown. It's supposed to be brown. It, what if you used a cheese stick? That would have been pretty great, actually. Um, don't eat the cheese stick after you glue it, though. It goes on purple, it dries clear, you can't see the glue. So don't eat the cheese stick after that. So here's the thing. Here, here's the thing about that. The, the palm branches, nobody can make one look just like this. Nobody can make it look just like this. I mean, I see some with white palm branches or with a white stem. I see one that's working on a cheese stick right now as the stem. That's pretty good too. That, that's pretty good. So, but nobody can make it look just like that. Let's, let's open up our Bibles. If you guys have a Bible, if you need one, please raise your hand. Um, the ushers will bring you one. All right, so we're going to turn to Luke 14. And the palm branch might not make a lot of sense right now. That's okay. Unfortunately, brown construction paper just cost a lot. And I didn't think about that when I was planning this out. So Luke 14, verse 25. All right, here we go. So it says, now great crowds accompanied him and he turned to them and said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, 
He cannot be my disciple. Happy family service. That's hard. Kids, are you guys supposed to hate things? Kids, do you guys ever, have your parents ever told you don't hate? Yes, right? Hating is, is, is bad, right? We're not supposed to hate people. We're supposed to love. But it says if we don't hate mother, brother, sister, father, husband, wife, you cannot be my disciple. Isn't being a disciple of Jesus good? Yeah. Yes? Is being a disciple good? Yeah? Thank you. Um, when I first read that, I was like, man, how... How do you wrap your mind around, I'm supposed to hate these people, but yet my mom and my dad and my sister and my niece, nephew, brother-in-law, they all live in Alabama and I miss them. Like I'm, I'm, I miss them. I just talked to my mom the other day about how much I miss her and how I wish she could move back here. So how am I supposed to hate them? But how do I miss them? Like, where's that balance? Where is that balance? Even like Jesus says, right? Matthew 22, what is the greatest commandment? Love God, then love others. Jesus says, love God, love others. Jesus also says, you need to hate all these things. And if you don't, you cannot be my disciple. So what does that mean? That's hard. That's a heavy passage to read. Whenever Jesus says you should hate something, you should probably be like, hmm, that's weird. This must be a bad thing. But is family bad? We're doing a family service today. Is family bad? No. Family's great. You should love your family. So what does Jesus mean? So when I read that, I looked at, I went and looked at the Greek word, and it's meseo is the Greek word that's used, and um, looked at the definition, and it said, not just to hate, but to pursue with hatred, to detest, it's used 43 other times. And I was like, I just, I wrestled with that. So when I wrestle with something in scripture, generally what I do is I just keep reading and then I go back and try to figure it out later. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do today. Um, so verse 27, it says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 men to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not... While the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So think back to the craft. I had this great idea, super original idea, though like nobody has ever, no church has ever done this before, to make palm branches on Palm Sunday. That was a joke, I'm sure like 92% of churches do this every year. Um, but we didn't have the stem. We didn't have like the supporting structure. You just had a bunch of these that would just fly like that if you don't have the stem, right? You, nothing to attach it. <laughs> you were creative. You guys were creative. No, you guys came up with, with great ways to attach it. But 
you guys are making fake palm branches. They were all imposters because I didn't count the cost of brown construction paper. Granted, brown construction paper is not that expensive, I promise. But the point is, is that I didn't count the cost. The point is, is that we didn't count the cost when we came up with the craft. It was very intentional that we did that. It was very intentional. How often are we, as Christians, given the opportunity to count the cost for Jesus? Now, what, is, what does that mean? What does it mean to count the cost? When I think of counting the cost, I think of paying when you go downtown and park in between eight and eight and you're like pulling out, you're like, oh, I found a nickel inside my seat and I found a dime in my tray and I'm like trying to get as many minutes on the parking meter as I possibly can. That's what I think of when I think of counting the cost. Last time I did that, it, I literally searched for 45, maybe 45 seconds, maybe a minute just to get like, I don't know, maybe 75 cents. I had to like search and I had to like look for it and find those coins to count the cost of being able to park downtown. We're given opportunities every day to count the cost for Jesus. We're given opportunities every day to basically say, you know what, this is going to cost me something, but it's worth it. It was worth it for me to park right across the street from a pizza place so I didn't have to walk a super long distance to get there. It was worth it for me. Is it worth it? to count the cost for Jesus. Even Jesus counted the cost. Even Jesus, the man who they were crying Hosanna, the glory to the king in the highest, counted the cost for us. In Luke 22, he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus counted the cost for us. How often, kid, the kids, this is a question for you guys, how often do your parents tell you that, to do something that you don't necessarily want to do? Often. Thank you for your honesty. I would say very often, even still to this day sometimes, my mom's like, eat your spinach. And I'm like, Ugh. I have Brussels sprouts. I like spinach. Eat your Brussels sprouts. I'm like, can I deep fry them first? Like, is that a thing? Or another thing, as an athlete, I am like, I, I play soccer. That's my thing. I play goalkeeper a lot. It's the scariest thing I will ever do to just have shots flying at my face from, you know, six yards away. It's so terrifying. But if I want to play soccer, sometimes I have to play goalkeeper. That's the position that's open, and I'm willing to count the cost to play goalkeeper so I can play soccer. It's similar to that. Like, Jesus is going to ask us to do things. Jesus is going to ask all of you guys sometimes to honor your parents, sometimes to honor your kids, not sometimes, all the time. Honor your parents, honor your kids. Jesus asks us to do not easy things, and that can be scary. But Jesus sums it up really well in the very last verse. It says, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. To renounce something, basically get it out of the way. If I'm going to renounce this piece of paper. I'm going to get it out of the way so I can keep moving forward is how I picture that. So Jesus says, unless you renounce all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. So since we move forward all the way, let's go back and look at the word for hate again. When you continue reading down the definitions for hate, one of the definitions is to love less, to love less. 
So Jesus does not say, I need you to hate your parents. I need you to hate your brother and your sister to follow me. He says, I want you to put me first. I want you to sacrifice yourself for me. I want you to want to play soccer. And I want you to want to have, you know, a nice car. But if that comes in the way of my purpose in your life, is it healthy? And the answer is no. There is nothing on this planet that is more important than Jesus. Nothing. Nothing is more important than following him. No job, no sports, no sweet pair of kicks. Like nothing, those are shoes for those of you that didn't know that. Nothing is more important than following Jesus. And so my, my challenge for you guys is this week, Holy Week, right? From Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. How are you guys going to count the cost? How are you guys going to do that? What are you going to lay down for Christ's namesake? What are you willing to give up for that? Those people who were waving their palm branches and taking off their cloaks and treating Jesus like a king, they hadn't counted the cost truly. They hadn't counted the cost because they were still, they didn't fight for him. Now granted, there's prophecy. He had to die. He had to raise. Oops, spoiler alert. But he had to do those things. But they didn't count the cost of what is it going to take to worship Jesus with their whole life. They just let it happen and got out of the way while the Pharisees just kind of did what they wanted and while the Romans just kind of did what they wanted. Following Jesus will never be comfortable. It's always going to keep challenging you. It's always going to be uncomfortable. It's always going to cost something. So what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to lay down for Jesus? So I didn't really not bring brown construction paper for you guys, okay? So we have a couple things at the door. We have this. A lot of you guys were already given one of these. This is super awesome. Basically, Lindsay uh, Wheeler is the coolest kids ministry director ever. And she made a little board game that you can do to go through this, this passage. Go through Luke 14 this week with your family, your gospel community, a dating couple, like whatever, or, you know, roommates, whatever it is. But she made a board game. So you start right there, roll a die, or you can just go through them tile by tile. And you go through it, and then eventually you get there. There's challenges on each one that you can do. I would really, really, really encourage you guys to do that and think this week, what are you going to count for Jesus? And the very last tile, and the second to last tile, it says, write these opportunities on the stem of your palm branch. Or if you don't have someone, write them down and tell someone. So at the door, we have palm branches, the stem for you. So you guys can take one of these home and you can write down what this is for what you guys are willing to give up and lay at the foot of the cross for Jesus. So I would really encourage you guys to do that and really think this Easter, this, this Holy Week, this Easter week, what can I sacrifice or how can I sacrifice this for Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you um, that you... You paid the price for us. Lord, I want to thank you that 
all those answers that I, or all those answers that came back um, to the question I asked at the beginning are true. Yes, new cars cost money. Medical bills, they cost money. Gas costs money. But Lord, the most important thing that you will ever give us is, is life, is breath. And you paid for us to breathe with your life. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you paid that cost for us. And Lord, would you help us return that favor by showing us what we can give to you, whether it be job, finances, sports, time, whatever it is, Lord, would you put that on our hearts this week? And would you help us carry that throughout the rest of the year with sacrificial obedience, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.